Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. It's probably an easier road now over the last couple of years and what the Falcons have done on the field to go, hey, maybe I'm looking for a new team, and here's a reason to root for something that's a little bit closer to us uh, than other options might have been earlier in the season. Who is that, Goose? That's awesome. Who was it? Oh, that was the mayor. <laughs> yeah, see, Brett, I think you already forgot about him, too. I haven't forgotten about him. Nah. I just uh, was actually crafting a tweet. <laughs> hey, by the way, why did you have to start when you started yesterday? Not the Teal Aqua thing, but the stalking of Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence isn't even here. He's in California. I'm here to do background information, so get off me on the feed. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. <laughs> oh, they're all, they're all me right now? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, we're just here to see the Don't antagonize them. At Cartersville. Oh, oh, you think I have that kind of power? You're the dude's uh, hometown. He ain't there. What else would you call it? Well, it, it, background. This is storytelling <laughs> right here. Background check. <laughs> this is learning all about Trevor Lawrence. I'll tell you what, the, man. With the great people of Cartersville, Georgia. TMZ Sports better take note right now because Brent Martino's coming for everybody. He's taking everyone's job this year. Hey, you should check, check out the catch oh, I just made just with the happened? camera. <laughs> Wait, it's yeah. frozen now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might have pulled the the wind might have knocked it over a little bit. So, um, Kuz, let me know if it's back on or not, or we'll have to, yep, we'll have you're to reset good. it. Yeah, okay. You're good. <laughs> it wasn't but, even that windy. It was, it was kind of odd that it uh, blew. I over. would. I will say though, one of the things they were talking about is they were debating on whether or not, like, why you were there and if you were there to get interviews. And and so you're getting interviews, but it's more for the TV side, and we're using clips here on the station. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is, uh, and and I guess it's worth. I, I don't want to sit there and bore everybody, but you know. We usually this time go to Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl, and yeah. then we take a couple of days back, and then we'll go to the Super Bowl. Well, we're not going to go to the Super Bowl this year. We were scheduled to go to Mobile, but once I learned that Urban Meyer and, and really, uh, Trent Baalke weren't going to be there, it was just going to be scouts, not just, but they're doing their job. But those guys weren't going to be headlining it. I thought, okay, well, let's just go to Cartersville instead. But uh, we're making other stops along the way. So instead of those like 10 or 11 travel days that we normally do around Super Bowl and Senior Bowl, we're doing it a little bit different. We have a Super Bowl special coming up uh, on Saturday before the game on CBS 47 and Fox 30. And I'll be at 7 o'clock on February 6th. So we need to get some content. And the big stories are obviously Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence right now in Jacksonville. It's going to be less about Tampa and the Kansas City Chiefs uh, during that Super Bowl special. And so uh, we took the opportunity to say, hey, let's go. Dig a little bit more and, and see what uh, Trevor Lawrence's hometown's all about. And uh, to come still, we might be doing a little more on Urban Meyer as well. That'll be a sneak preview. Uh, but we are making a six-city stop along the way and uh, kind of seeing what we get. I, I said this yesterday. You just There's not a lot planned here yeah. <laughs> you know? because we've put in the request for Trevor Lawrence. He's out in California. He's not doing any media right now. Uh, I can tell you this. We've put in a request for Dabo Swinney. Uh, he's not talking until closer to the draft, at least um, maybe with the locals. I don't know if he ends up on Rich Eisen and, and all the national ESPN shows. Uh, we're at a different level than that, uh, quite frankly. And so we're going to try to catch up with people along the way. But this has been really fun to kind of learn uh, what the, everybody here thinks about Trevor Lawrence. And along the way, you, you kind of learn about uh, you know the, this town of Cartersville and this football program that's pretty darn good. And other players like Austin, you played with Flew Ellen. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a he's a big time name around here. People love him around here. Uh, and of course, Ronnie Brown. Everybody knows that name from Auburn and the NFL. And so, uh, and that's not it. There's been Whoa. countless for a small town or a somewhat small town of twenty thousand. This is a tornado warning. The National Weather Service in Jacksonville has issued a tornado warning for northwestern St. Johns County in northeastern Florida, northeastern Clay County in northeastern Florida, southeastern Duval County in northeastern Florida until 4.45 p.m. At 3.59 p.m., a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado was located over Oakley Plantation or near Orange Park, moving east at 25 miles per hour. Hazard, tornado. Source, radar indicated rotation. Impact, flying debris will be dangerous to those caught without shelter. Mobile homes will be damaged or destroyed. Damage to roofs, windows, and vehicles will occur. Tree damage is likely. This dangerous storm will be near, doctors inlet around 4.05 p.m. Lakeside and Bel Air Meadowbrook Terrace around 4.10 p.m. Orange Park and Fleming Island around 4.15 p.m. Mandarin and Switzerland around 4.25 p.m. Fruit Cove around 4.30 p.m. Baird around 4.40 p.m. Move to an interior room on the lowest floor of a sturdy building. Avoid windows. If you are outdoors, in a mobile home, or in a vehicle, move to the closest substantial shelter and protect yourself from flying debris. Repeating, a tornado warning has been issued until 4.45 p.m. for the following counties in Florida, Clay, Duval, and St. John's. Lane back in the Action Sports Shack studios. And, Coach, we appreciate you joining us here uh, in the offseason, if you will. But as we interview people around here in Cartersville, Georgia, Trevor Lawrence's hometown, the name Bartram Trail comes up quite a bit. You scared the heck out of these guys a few years back uh, when was, you played them on ESPN. Game. <laughs> it absolutely yeah, it was. It was a great was. game. It was a lot of fun to be a part of that. Uh, so remind everybody about that game. You guys were down 28. Uh, you end up falling short. But that was billed as Joey Gatewood against Trevor Lawrence. And you had a lot of good players. It wasn't just those two guys. In fact, Riley Smith was playing out at Boise State. And I think he's moved to tight end, actually. They bring up his name around here, too. They know it wasn't just Joey Gatewood. But uh, tell us a little bit about that that Friday night where there was, uh, I think, extensive lightning delays. And you, you finally played on ESPN here in Cartersville. Yeah, it, it was. It was a fantastic game that ended about uh, a minute and a half too uh, too short. <laughs> we we, uh, we did it. We had a, a number of lightning delays. It was funny because I, I had to give the, the pregame speech about four different times uh, as we were getting ready to go out and then got called back in. And, uh, uh, you know, it was just a, you know, a lot of great athletes on the field, great high school football. It was a lot of fun to be a part of it. I tell you, Cartersville did a nice job, too. They really put on a, uh, you know, it was just a great setting and a, and a fun place to play a high school football game. Yeah, the the atmosphere. They say I think this seats about five thousand. It's not it's not a huge stadium, but they said it was overflowing that night. Uh, could you feel the buzz? Definitely, definitely. And, and uh, you know, like I say, that they as a, as a host were fantastic, and uh, um, we just had you know such a great group of young men, and the way they traveled, and the way they handled themselves, and uh, uh, to get down early and and get that kind of deficit, but then fight back, and the the pride they took in. Uh, 
to come back and have a chance to win it at the end. It was a, it was a lot of fun to be a part of that. Coach, was there any incentive of the fact that they're playing on national television on ESPN? Because it's one thing if you're in college, obviously, you're a big university, you're accustomed to playing you know, on the big networks. But when you're in high school, that can be kind of a rare occurrence. Did your team have a little extra energy because they knew they were going to be on ESPN? Sure. Uh, that was uh, that was an awesome honor to get to represent uh, Florida and get to re- represent St. John's County in our school. And, you know, I'm pretty biased. I think Bartram has that kind of electric game day atmosphere every Friday night. A uh, little plug there. Anybody that wants to come out and see great high school football. Um, but uh, uh, it was special to be uh, on ESPN. And, uh, and they just did a great job of taking care of everything, uh, getting us up there and, uh, you know, having a great opponent like that. And uh, just it was it was a really fun event. Daryl Sutherland, Bartram Trail head coach, with us here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Okay, uh, you know the you know what's going on in Jacksonville. You can probably feel the buzz, right, from Urban Meyer as the head coach to Trevor Lawrence in that number one pick, likely to be the guy. When you saw him play that high school Friday night, when you had watched tape on him, you've seen a lot of good players. You've coached a lot of good players. What were your first impressions? Uh, yeah, the first thing was he was as good as advertised. Uh, you know, just uh, everything that we had heard about him, uh, not just as a player. You know, there were some throws that he had made in game film that we saw coming in. We knew what we were getting into, uh, and we were excited about it. You know, we talk about we always want to try and play the best competition, and, and he was definitely a, a great example of that. Um, but some of the throws he made in our game, too, where just uh, the athleticism to get the ball off and the, the, the velocity and the placement, uh, he's, he's pretty special. Uh, and so uh, for our guys to get to compete against him and, and to go out there and, uh, and, and get to see that talent level was, was pretty fun. Isn't that kind of what high school football is about a little bit, too? You know, you, you, you kind of go back to, like, Bruce Springsteen's Glory Days song where, you, you, you know, you, you're having a, a beverage as a 45- or 50-year-old and you're talking about the old days playing high school baseball, basketball, football, whatever it might be, and say, hey, yeah, we played against Trevor Lawrence. And, listen, you've had many a player. That guy's would be like, yeah, we played against – Joey Gatewood or Riley Smith or you name the guy, right? Um, uh, Travez Johnson at Florida right now. But isn't that kind of the fun part? I bet the kids that played on that team in that game, ESPN night, lightning delay against Trevor Lawrence in Cartersville, Georgia. I mean, that's a story they'll tell. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's uh, those are those are some great memories. Uh, and uh, you know, some of the guys that uh, they got to play. I'm sure Johnny Amell is going to you know be able to tell. Hey, I I sacked that guy. <laughs> you know, when That's they're right. watching the game. And uh, there's some there's some neat memories like that. But I tell you, just from a competitive standpoint, uh, it was such a good game and and uh, so so cleanly played. You could tell that uh, he was a great leader. You know, the two QBs you mentioned on our side, uh, Riley and Joey, both fantastic young men i think a lot of that played into it just being such a great competitive game and so clean and so i mean it was you know kind of a slice of americana what high school football should be like coach i'm gonna tell you a couple of stories here uh we were just across the street at a barbecue place i told to go over there because there's some trevor lawrence like pictures inside and so we went over there and a gentleman uh, who owns the place was telling us i mean he's like reciting play by play from that night and, to, and think about all the big games they've had here. Lawrence and Cartersville won a couple state championships. They just lost in the state championship this year. So there's been a lot of good high school football. But he's remembering that game from 2017. And he remembered Gatewood and Riley Smith. And he said the undertold story about that Cartersville team is that the defense was very good for Cartersville. But you guys almost erased a 28-point deficit. And so I think you still stick out in the minds of folks here in a little northwest of Atlanta because of your offensive prowess and what you guys were able to do. Like you said, it just kind of clicked a little bit too late that night. 
Right, right. Well, I tell you, I, I, we're incredibly blessed to to have the young men, that the, the honor to coach the guys that we get to coach, and we do. We've got some tremendous uh, players in our history, uh, and that group uh, certainly was, uh, you know, emblematic of that. They, there were some guys out there that just made some incredible plays, uh, and uh, as I said, just ended a li- little short. Uh, I'll tell you another story here. We're just talking to Coach uh, Coach Connor here, who's now the head coach. Was um, he wasn't the head coach here? He was a defensive coordinator at the time, and uh, he said that Trevor Lawrence actually asked to go in the game on the second to the last play at safety, so they could hopefully close the game out. <laughs> <laughs> he said he said if you guys had made one more play right before the horn, he might have put him in. I bet you didn't know that. That would have been funny. <laughs> Yeah, because hey, we threw we threw Gatewood out there receiver, so it could have been Lawrence on Gatewood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody would have expected that matchup, Lawrence on Gatewood on the outside instead. Um, and we're we're visiting with Daryl Sutherland, head coach Bartram Trail. They played Cartersville, Georgia, Cartersville High School on an ESPN game back in 2017. Let me ask you a little bit more about Trevor. I don't know how, how much of a fan are you now. Like you have so much to do high school wise, and I know in the fall. But do you watch the college game a lot? Uh, all your former players that are playing. Did you catch some? Clemson games. I mean, what do you think of him from a football standpoint? You know, as as this this guy that Jacksonville's going to have as their franchise quarterback. Yeah, I tell you, one. You know, from a, what what I typically watch on Saturday is I, I like to watch all of our our former players that are out there. And so my wife will laugh because I've usually got the TV on and another TV somewhere and a computer uh, with an ESPN three pulled up. And uh, you know, have, have really been blessed just the guys that we've had come through that are getting the chance to play right now. So that's I watch it with a little different view now as far as just. Uh, catching up and watching those guys, um, but uh, yeah, got to watch a number of Clemson games with uh, some of our guys that were playing against him. And um, you know, obviously, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Coach Sweeney fan too, and uh, just the character that he has and the way that he runs that program. Uh, so I've seen him play, uh, and I've obviously seen him in the national championship games and the, you know the the playoffs, uh, the way that he handles himself, and um, uh, you're getting a a pretty polished player there. Uh, but also what seems like a really good young man who's going to be uh, not just an impact on the football program, but also on our community. Yeah, very good. Uh, Daryl Sutherland with us, Bartram Trail High School head coach. Um, uh, let me ask you to finish up with this. The other two guys in that game, and, and maybe even more, you can tell us about even more players, but the headliners, Joey Gatewood, went to Auburn, then to Kentucky. How's Joey doing? Uh, and then Riley Smith, who, I, again, I think he's gone from qu- quarterback to tight end and made that transition. Uh, how is he doing as well? You know, they're, they're both doing really well. Um, they, I'm just so proud of them as far as the the way that you know we talk about not going kind of like I was just talking about uh, Trevor Lawrence, going to not just impact the team, go impact the campus and the community. And I feel like both those guys have done that. You know, when uh, Boise was playing Florida State, uh, they came and practiced at our site. And when Riley got off the bus, it was like, you can tell he's the mayor of Boise. I mean, he is. They love him there. Uh, and uh, same thing with Joey. You can tell when just talking with the staff and the other players there at Kentucky, those are guys that are that are truly being a positive influence on everybody around them. Uh, and uh, so just re- really excited for those two. Yeah, absolutely. Daryl Sutherland, Bartram Trailhead football coach. Coach, we appreciate you on short notice uh, coming on and, and talking a little bit about uh, that game in 2017. Uh, I know it was a memorable one for you guys, uh, unfortunately, on the short end, but uh, they talk about it up here quite a bunch, so you left a lasting impression. That's great. That's great. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, Daryl Sutherland, head football coach right. at Bartram Trail. Uh, and obviously, and I told people all up here, hey, listen, that's 
one of the premier programs we have. Uh, he's yeah. an incredible coach. He spits out a ton of great players, good young men, does it the right way. Uh, and I think uh, the people up here really respect uh, the program and, and what he's all about, too. So glowing things to say about Bartram Trail, even up here in, in uh, Cartersville, Georgia. I will say this, Austin. That night, I think I saw the numbers 18 of 22 and a little over 400 yards for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Over 400 yards on 18 completions. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Especially like a, like a primetime game like that. I mean, it's obviously stiff competition. Uh, that's very impressive. Yeah, so uh, pretty cool. Uh, the, the tie is is interesting in that regard. And again, I think it's worth noting, I, I brought this up in the earlier part of the show as we continue to talk about Trevor Lawrence, that he did not lose much at all in high school. He, he there's someone that contends that he only lost really two games that he started. But overall, even if he lost four times, you get the picture. One of those was on the final second in a state championship game that he lost. One of them was in a state semifinal. So Bartram Trail rallying from 28 down to almost beat Cartersville, it was a big deal, a big scare here. Like, they just don't lose very much as Trevor Lawrence uh, was the quarterback in Bartram Trail. Uh, almost got it done. Here's uh, I'm going to continue to kind of give you an idea of how big Lawrence is around here. There's the Capri Diner right across the street from the school. I'm talking like right across the street, Austin. Okay. Like if you, if you wanted to, in between classes, go get an omelet, you could. Uh, we ate over there today, club sandwich, very good. Um, and Trevor, La- this this program's a big deal. It, it's a uh, Cartersville. It's, they, they support their team. You can tell they just built this new $3 million facility. They're going to build more facilities uh, around here, and I'm sure they're going to ask Trevor for a little bit of a donation <laughs> along the way. But when Trevor played high school football, they stayed open four hour, uh, f- on Friday night. They closed at 2 o'clock usually, but they would stay open or, or reopen later on on a Friday because of the craze that was going on while Trevor was playing. And the amount of people that came from out of town with the visiting team or just out of town in general to watch Lawrence play. I mean, that's how big of a deal it was at the time, just to paint a picture um, that uh, a place that's usually open from, you know, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. would stay open on a Friday night uh, into the uh, later hours uh, just because a new business was booming. Of course, man. You have to maximize that profit margin. I appreciate that. Hustling. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, here's here's uh, one other part of that that I think is really cool. So, and and I, we got to track this down. All right, you, you know we have a mission sometimes on our show, but this is a mission that we need to track this person down. The owner of the Capri Diner across the way was telling me, and and I think he knew we were from Jacksonville, but he kind of said it in passing, and we 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 were like, really, like Jacksonville, Florida. He said, when Trevor Lawrence would play here in Cartersville on a Friday night, there was a man that would come up from Jacksonville, Florida, to watch Trevor play. He'd bring his son every Friday night and drive up. And he ate at that diner all the time. And and the, the owner of the restaurant says... He was from Jacksonville, Florida. I said, well, do you have his name? Like, who is the? It's like, I never got his name, but he sat right here. I said, why do you come up here? He's like, I want to come see a guy that's going to be in the pros. Wow. And, and so, I, like, word must have spread at that time how good he was, you know. Uh, and this guy from Jacksonville must have known. It, it wasn't a relative <laughs> or anything. But we got to find this man from Jacksonville, Florida, who would come up on Friday nights to Cartersville, Georgia, make a six-hour trek. Bring his kid up, 
and watch Trevor Lawrence play high school football because he thought he was going to be one of the all-time greats. That is well, commitment Brent, right there. We got you doing background checks on Trevor Lawrence. You can find him. <laughs> well, I need a little help. I mean, <laughs> hey, you think, listen, at least I didn't come up every Friday night. That's what I'm saying, man. Hopefully that guy was in Yuli as well. I mean, I'm sure he had the, the hot tip of the Yuli bulldozer. He better of. Or he's doing his son a disservice by not taking to see Derrick Henry as well. That's like we were about. just we were just stunned. We're like, wait a minute, come on, are you serious? Like from Jacksonville, Florida? But he doesn't know his name. We got to find out who this guy is. Hope he listens to the show. Who is this person uh, that that would come up every Friday night? I wonder if he went to Clemson too. I mean, I feel like you're almost halfway there. You might as well go to Clemson and check out Trevor Lawrence. It's almost like you're growing up with him. I would imagine those two folks will have Trevor Lawrence Jags jerseys. Without In a teal, doubt. of course. In teal, In not teal. aqua. <laughs> uh, more of the NFL. Jared Goff and Johnny Wolford. Big story today. And I want to spin that. We talked a lot about quarterbacks yesterday. When is the time to pull the plug on the franchise QB? get to a next action sports jacks on espn 690 live in cartersville georgia with the jaguars next franchise quarterback it's his hometown at least trevor lawrence brent Martineau. Uh then i said still looking for his fourth career sack austin lane I'm spending pretty much every single day with somebody for pretty much two years now that you know somebody and they surprise you <laughs> i sit here before you right now and i am surprised Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. When you look at it, Jared Goff has had a mixed career with the Rams. Started off with Jeff Fisher, not so great. Sean McVay comes in. They do well. Then they go to the Super Bowl. But what Sean did is it's, it, he, he had training wheels on him early on. Turned to the sideline. I called the play right before the, the 24, uh, right before the clock ran down. They snapped the ball. Boom. Go. Boom, boom, boom. Then they took the training wheels off of Jared Goff, and he didn't have Sean McVay kind of helping him along the, the way of changing plays and doing things within his headset before they cut it off. And he kind of teetered along. So he's been a solid quarterback, but he hasn't taken the 130. million step. He hasn't done that yet. And I think when you look at it, it's starting to become frustrating to Sean as a coach because he could be a coach killer Mm. if he continues Mm -hmm. playing this way and if you continue to play him. That's Keyshawn Johnson, Keyshawn J. Zubin, ESPN 690 in the morning, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. Part of the lineup here on ESPN 690 in Jacksonville. But as you know, you can get the show all over the place. In fact, in fact, we've had a lot of folks uh, here in Cartersville listening to the show, I believe, over the last couple of days. And uh, maybe we put them as part of the roll call, Austin Lane, back Let's in the get Sports Check Studios. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, you, you can listen all over the place on uh, all the different applications, ESPN690.com. In your car, of course, in the Jacksonville area, but all the way into southeast Georgia and deep below St. Augustine and St. John's County. Uh, all the rest, and then Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. You can get the show everywhere, and don't forget to subscribe to the Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 podcast. I got it all in. Nicely done. I'll tell you what I'm doing right now, Brent, watching the Senior Bowl. I, I like what I'm seeing here just from like the, like what they're doing with the competitions and stuff like that, kind of all access, if you will. And Mac Jones having a pretty good day so far from what I've seen. Really? Yeah. Um, well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, we, we, by the way, we had, a, we did an interview last night. I don't know if we're going to play it for you today. 
uh, probably not, uh, because our show will be off at 5.30 today. So um, we'll probably do it by the end of the week. But I uh, did an interview with Marvin Wilson, Florida State yeah. uh, defensive tackle. And it, it was kind of funny because the way these things come about right now, they're, do, they're being done virtually. So of all the technology things that we can do, one of the weird things to do is record a phone call. Like, you can actually do, like, you, you can't just record a phone call off your phone. You, you no, have to you have can't. some other kind of setup. You have to have, like, and, an app You know, we can, do a Zoom, we can do a Zoom call and record that off yeah. the phone. Mm-hmm. But we can't actually, like, uh, record the phone call. So uh, we're <laughs> sitting about 9.30 last night. We get the call at, like, 9 o'clock. Yeah. And it uh, says, hey, in uh, 10 minutes, you guys can have Marvin Wilson. Or we're, like, driving. At nine o'clock, and okay, well, let's try it. So we 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 pull over, we get to the side of the road. Ten ten minutes uh, go by, and we do this interview with Marvin Wilson. And I think it's okay on our end uh, in the car, mm-hmm. but wherever they did this interview with him, they must have been doing five hundred other interviews at the same time. <laughs> like the background noise, he it was like he was at a rock concert, man. Yeah. Uh, so. Quite honestly, we have to fix the interview a little bit because I have no idea if we're going to be able to understand anything uh, with all the noise. But he was great. You know, I kind of got thinking about it. And we're going to talk about franchise quarterbacks here in a second. But I got talk about a guy who went off the radar. Marvin Wilson was a top 10, top 15 projected guy. Mm-hmm. And everybody's talking about the Barmore kid now, the defensive lineman out of Alabama, maybe as that 25th overall pick. The Jags may be able to steal a guy like Marvin Wilson in the second round, and he can move all over that defensive front. I wouldn't mind that, man. There's potentially some big-time value with Marvin Wilson deeper down into the draft. Yeah, definitely. You know, obviously when he chose to to opt and play um – you know, uh, uh, would it be his senior year or junior year? I'd be, I think, uh, it'd be his technical. Well, I guess it would have been his junior, junior year. year. He probably could have come on after, like, maybe it was a red yeah. sophomore. But, yeah, yeah we, we know well, what he's You know what I'm That's always so complicated. But he had the option to go to the NFL draft and probably would have made some pretty good money um, doing it. But he chose to come back. He was kind of that bridge guy. You get a new coaching staff. Um, and, and obviously that, that new culture change. And it was off to a rocky start, obviously, with the whole Mike N- Norbell stuff. But um, overall, you know, Wilson's kind of – he's definitely intriguing, Brent, right? Because you expect a guy with that leadership, you expect a guy that's, you know, obviously highly respected in that locker room to have a big-time year. Now, let's get it, not get it twisted. Florida State wasn't that great this year on the gridiron. But at the same time, I think you may have saw a little, you know, downplay a little bit on the skill set and – just the production of Marvin Wilson. So, like, to, to me, like, right now the Senior Bowl, that's huge for him. As I'm watching him actually right now, number 21, uh, how could you not see him? He's wearing 21 as a defensive. <laughs> he's a nose tackle, weighs like 300-something pounds. But with that being said, that's where the Senior Bowl comes into guys like Marvin Wilson, right? Because you've seen the good. You've heard the good. But for whatever reason, this past season, it wasn't all good and it wasn't all great. This is his opportunity now against you know the best competition in college football to showcase. Hey, you know whatever happened this past season at Florida State, that's not who I am. Let me show you. Let me show you what I can do right now and kind of leave that last impression on the scouts and the coaches. Yeah, it's big a moment for him. He said he told us he tried to get back in time uh, for the Senior Bowl so he could kind of put on a show. He's finally healthy again. So uh, coming up this week, we'll have a conversation with Marvin Wilson if we can hear it. Yeah, <laughs> is really the moral of that story. Um, but uh, that's what's going on at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. We'll actually have a report uh, with Jaguars.com and Ashlyn Sullivan coming up on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30 from the Senior Bowl. 
once again as she catches up with a former Ohio State Buckeye who played under Urban Meyer. I want to talk quarterbacks again. It's a big topic this week. It's an incredible topic in the NFL. Just Obviously, we know what how big of a position it is. But all these different potential places for these big-time, big-contract quarterbacks, some proven, some, you know, invested in but not proven. Jared Goff kind of fits that, right? Goff goes to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Seems like a system guy as much as there is one in the NFL. You could label it. How much was it McVay? How much is Goff? He shows some moments of being really good, and then there's others that it's like, eh. And it seems like he's almost fallen out of favor. And Johnny Wolford, the Jacksonville kid from Bishop Kenny, who got a chance to play, then was named the starter over Jared Goff, although Goff was coming back from surgery. Still, Wolford got that start in the playoff game and then goes down, and Goff plays okay, and they end up winning that game. But there's an interesting story developing out in L.A., and and when we did the quarterback carousel and the matchmaker thing yesterday, you know, Goff's one of those guys I believe I kept in L.A., because I'm not sure anybody else really wants him with that kind of contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it sounds like it's going to be a Goff and Wolford battle for that job in L.A. That doesn't say much about John uh, about uh, Jared Goff, does it? No, not at all. Now, how much legs there is to that? I mean, it's not really a rumor because the GM even came out and said there's going to be a battle. And like, if you listen to their GM talk about Jared Goff, there's not a lot of confidence there. Um, stemming from the GM. But like with that being said, though, and with all the respect to Johnny Wolford, I thought he came in and did a great job um, while he could. I think Jared Goff's in a situation right now where you saw when he first came out, um, you know, I mean, I guess his second year would have been with Sean McVay. Like, we always called Jared Goff the system quarterback, all right? And it's one of the biggest insults that you can throw at a starting quarterback in the NFL. But let's be honest. It was kind of the truth because you saw Jared Goff when he went to the Super Bowl. Like, that was Sean McVay calling the plays, right? And that oh, yeah. was Sean McVay, like, checking out of things as well. And and Jared Goff was kind of secondary um, in that play calling and those checkdowns and everything like that. So it was really Sean McVay's baby. Now that they've gone 12 personnel and they start to run the ball a little more and they change things up because, let's be honest, the, the Patriots kind of exposed them that bunch formation and Sean McVay, being the offensive guru that he was, he said, all right, it's time to adapt, it's time to evolve, and let's go on to the next biggest thing for us. And that's 12 personnel. That's two tight ends. That's Cam Akers out of the backfield. It's play action to Cooper Cup or Robert Woods or Josh Reynolds. So, like, the offense, to me um, – you know, it's still a force to be reckoned with. But in doing that, you leave Jared Goff a lot more freedom now. He has a lot more option. And if you want to say this, I'm not sure what his stats say off the top of my head, but I would assume that his numbers went down. I think that his success, his completion percentage, everything went down this year. Now, once again, you maybe ran the ball a little more, but at the same time, there's a lot more mistakes that were made. And I think right now Jared Goff is in his career where Sean McVay is like, listen, man, are you the guy going forward or not? So I think at the end of this, you know, at the end of the day, um, when training camp starts and, and when the smoke settles, I think Jared Goff will still be the starting quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams. But I think this is kind of like to put him all in and say, you better step it up this year because if you don't, other options will be had. Yeah. How soon should you give up on a guy though? Listen, you could make the case Jacksonville hung on way too long for Blake Bortles, right? Didn't flip it quick enough. I mean, you got to be careful, right? It's a tough thing. I mean, do you give a guy time? You, you made an investment. Sometimes you're forced to give up $30 million a year contracts. Yeah. Um, but you also can set your organization back. That's a tough little balance. 
No, listen, it's definitely a balance, and every situation's different. I'm going to say from Jared Goff's perspective, he's going on his what? I think his sixth year coming up now. Um, listen, he's gone to the Super Bowl. That buys you a little bit of time. That can buy you a new contract. But I truly feel like if he doesn't take the reins this year and show that he's a, we'll call it a top eight quarterback even, um, I think L.A. goes in a new direction. Because for the money, for the amount of money that they're paying him right now, Brent, they're obviously not getting a return on their investment. Well, and keep in mind, they've got a little bit of window here. That defense is really good. I mean, how long will it stay that good? And, and so they need better offensive play, quarterback play. And McVay's an offensive guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, we'll see with all the quarterbacks in this uh, offseason. By the way, some severe weather in the area. It looks like it might be clearing up a little bit in Jacksonville. I'm not talking here. There's just some raindrops here in Cartersville, Georgia. But make sure you pay attention to CBS 47, Fox 30, 104.5, WOKV, and also – uh, you can get an update on ESPN690.com as well. Be safe out there as there's some nasty weather uh, in the Jacksonville area this afternoon. We'll be back here from Cartersville, Georgia. Cartersville High School, the site of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The SEC schedule is out. Any surprises? No more all-SEC schedule. That was the toughest thing that ever happened, talk. It's back to normalcy, we think. <laughs> we'll talk about it. CD, your Florida Gators, here they are. Yeah, Florida's schedule may be the most difficult within the conference this season. You rotate Alabama on from the west. You have your normal rivalry with LSU from that division. You play Georgia, who's the favorite probably in the SEC East heading into this season. It's going to be a challenge for the Gators, particularly because they're replacing so many great players on that offense, including Kyle Trask. That is Chris Doring, SEC Network. ESPN coverage of uh, the SEC schedule release. We'll tell you all about the Florida Gators, Georgia Bulldogs schedule coming up in just a moment, but he did mention Alabama is on the schedule, so that's obviously a marquee matchup, and you just hope things don't change uh, coming into 2021 a long way away from that. Brent Martineau in Cartersville, Georgia, Trevor Lawrence's hometown, Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Shack studios. We will discuss uh, the SEC schedule release in just a moment. But let's bring in our friend Mike Lester from Talent Wealth Management right now. It's time for the Money Minute here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Tough day on Wall Street, Mike. The Dow dropped 600 yeah. points. Yeah, about 633 today. So, um, I mean, that's the worst we've seen since about October. So, you know, it caught a lot of people's attention. I think that... Um, you know, certainly there are some concerns. The, the big issue today was waiting to see what the Fed was going to say around 2 o'clock. Uh, markets were off pretty much the whole day and then, um, you know, went negative after that 2 o'clock uh, uh, Fed meeting there. So, you know, basically the Fed just acknowledged that, you know, there's been a little bit of a downshift in, uh, in activity economically and that this pandemic, pandemic might take longer to recover from um, than, than maybe people were hoping. Things have really been... Um, uh, well, stocks have been bid up here. If you look at the first part of January, you know, people have been very, very hopeful that vaccines and um, the economy are, are going to you know, work together and, and get these numbers up. So I'm not surprised to see it pull back a little bit. I wouldn't be overly concerned right now, but um, it, 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 I think it will get some people's attention that uh, you should probably understand what your portfolio is likely to do here moving forward because we are going to have some volatility. 
And the best way to understand that is to give Mike Lester with Talent Wealth Management a call, 904-515-5000. You can visit guardingyournestegg.com. You listen to Guarding Your Nest Egg on the weekends here on ESPN 690 as well. So make sure you check out the show for all your financial needs and, and to see what the market's doing, what you should do with your money. Mike, uh, it, it's really been very steady over the last few weeks. We, we saw so much volatility, it feels like, over the last couple of years. So kind of like you mentioned, yeah. this is a bit of volatility for the first time in a while. But I feel like you have been saying, and, and a lot of folks will say, there's got to be a correction along the way. So it can't be that surprising. No, I mean, uh, things are uh, markets are overvalued. What it means is uh, people are paying more for stocks than the companies are actually worth. So you had some other things in the news today. Uh, Tesla uh, missed the expectations for earnings. You know, but Tesla was up 700% back in um uh, 2020 last year. So, you know, you can, it, it's just not shocking to see a pullback in markets. And I would expect a correction uh, at some point. Uh, it's just a natural part of um, um, a, a healthy market. It doesn't go straight up all the time. You can get a correction before you get the next new high. But um, again, understand where you're at, what your portfolio is likely to do. And um, I, I can tell you, you have a lot less stress over the future. Complimentary analysis and plan. Mike Lester, Talent Wealth Management, 904-515-5000, or visit guardingyournestegg.com. Give Mike a call or look him up on the site. Mike, thanks for the Money Minute here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. No problem. Have a good day. You too. I'll bring back Austin Lane now, and uh, we go to the SEC schedule. The Florida Gators play Alabama. That is certainly the highlight of the SEC schedule for the Gators. Yeah. They will look different, no doubt, in 2021. But here it is, just to run it down. It's there. There are a lot of conference games now. Florida Atlantic to open the season. South Florida in Tampa the next week. Then it's Alabama. Then Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. You know, it's interesting. Tennessee obviously announces Josh Heupel today uh, as their new head coach. So you'd think there'd be a. There's going to be a bit of a rebuild for the Vols. Um, once again, or at least they try to correct that. Kentucky's Kentucky. Been better, but they're still Kentucky. Vanderbilt's been terrible. So to start the year, Florida Atlantic, South Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and then you sandwich Alabama in. Yeah. I mean, outside of Alabama, it's a very manageable schedule for Florida, but the Alabama game's Alabama. No, without a doubt. I mean, the, the Alabama game, listen, like, that's that's the big one, right? And you got it at the swamp as well. And, what, I mean, Alabama's going to always reload, all right? Like, there's going to be, well, there's going to be a drop-off this year with Mac Jones. Like, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they say Bryce Young's probably going to be the quarterback. Yeah. We'll see how, yeah. I mean, how that pans Five out. Five-star guy. And training. Yeah, exactly, right? So they're probably not going to skip a beat there. They're going to reload and relock on receivers. So, like, Alabama's going to be good. But the question comes is, can somebody get them early? Like, I'm excited for the Alabama-Miami. I mean, opening – you know, opening night of college football, like the Hurricanes, you know, and we'll see if Derek King um, is 100% with that knee injury. Yeah, but I, I'm excited for that game, right? I mean, that's the, the, to me, that's a pretty good opening night because if you're going to beat Alabama, and let's be honest, that's easier said than done. But if you're going to catch them slipping, you're going to catch them slipping in the first couple weeks, right, when they get the new quarterback established, when they get the new team established. Um, so I'm excited for that Miami game as well. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and so the rest of the schedule for uh, the Florida Gators, let me get to it. Uh, you got LSU after that swing against Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. That's in Baton Rouge this year. You get a bye right before the Georgia game in Jacksonville. South Carolina to follow. Samford is another out-of-conference game. Missouri and then Florida State in Gainesville this year. So it's a good-looking schedule. It's a hefty schedule. It's highlighted, of course, by Alabama, LSU, Georgia, and Florida State. Uh, and those will be the critical games. And, and, you know, Chris Doring just said it as we were coming back in. Obviously, the Gators have some 
work to do uh, in terms of figuring out that offense. You can't even hope that the offense is as dynamic as it was this year. I mean, that would just be misleading to do. It was so good. Uh, it's tough to duplicate that. I think the big thing for the Gators is they have to hope that defense is so much better than it was um, this past year. Meanwhile, for Georgia, Georgia, how about this, man? They get Clemson on September 4th in Charlotte yeah. to start things. UAB, then you got the schedule. South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, at Auburn, Kentucky, Florida in Jacksonville, of course. Missouri, Tennessee, Charleston Southern is uh, one of those uh, out-of-conference games for them, so along with UAB. But Clemson, um, what a what a blockbuster to open the season. You bring up Miami, Alabama, yep. and you get Clemson, Georgia to start the year. Yep. Pretty good stuff. Let's hope we have those games, and it's not like last year where a lot of stuff has to be moved around. No, for sure. I mean, that's listen, between the Miami and the Alabama and the Georgia and the Clemson game, like that's – that's what you want from opening week of college football, right? Because, like, sometimes, I get it, sometimes it's two big names, but you have a pretty good idea of who's going to win it. Like, obviously, you're going to lean towards Clemson a little more, but, I mean, Georgia, they always come back with a lot of starters back in their defense and things like that on their offense. Like, I- I'm excited for the opening week in college football, and I hope, like you said, it stays the same. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, hey, you know, Austin, sometimes you make good decisions, sometimes not so good, right? Uh, the weather's not great. Back in Jacksonville, hopefully everybody's staying safe. I hear there's uh, tornado warnings and other things, so um, hopefully it's okay. The weather here is actually a very nice day, but we saw some rain in the forecast. Well, then it dropped down in terms of how much rain was going to be. Mm. So I was like, oh, let's just try outside. Coach, you know, coach said, hey, my office is right here. You can just take my office. I was like, oh, we'll go outside. Football in the back, football stadium background on the Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch feeds. I like that. We'll hustle in if it gets too bad. This is so annoying, the rain out here is what I'm trying to get at right now. Yep. I mean, it was like just a sprinkle here or there, just that annoying mist. Yep. And now it's starting to come down. Yep. And now I'm not as prepared as I should be. Yeah. And we only have a half hour today left on the show, so now I'm not moving the stuff inside. Oh, I'm just going to gut it out. All I'm going right, to tough man. it out. All right, man. I mean, you could start covering that Car- Carterzo basketball team if you feel like and going to the gym. <laughs> but, all right, man. I, sh- I, should rain, just move, rain. I should just move stuff inside and, and, and throw up some weight. On this show. Now we're talking. I mean, how much can I bench live on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690? It's not much. We'll be back. I'll take the 100. 5 o'clock hour. <laughs> Good idea. We'll be back from a rainy Cartersville, Georgia on ESPN 690. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.